0: Welcome to BetterScope, sponsored by Remo staff, growth and freedom with remote experts. and this episode, special sponsor, Smurfy Creative Video. In each episode, we introduce successful people to understand how to be better. My special guest today is Brandon Lee. Driving the digital innovation strategy and operations for SMEs and startups, Brandon has always been on the cutting edge of new product development and innovating business models. He proudly introduced new divisions to Australian home appliances brand Everdur, launched influencer marketing to Cow Candy headphones in Australia, and led the Asia-Pacific digital marketing rollout for San Francisco-based camera industry giant Long Pro. Today, Brendan is going to share his insights on digital strategy for SMEs. Welcome Brendan to BetterScope. Thank you very much for having me, Luba. I'm very excited. Uh, no worries. Uh, I always love to find where our guests are based. So from where are you joining us today? I'm joining us
1: from our home, my home here in uh, Sydney. So I'm actually, uh, fro- I grew up in the eastern suburbs, moved away and uh, moved back. So uh, anybody uh, it, around the Bondi area can definitely reach out to me and uh, we should have
0: coffee. Oh, well, it's definitely a nice place to be uh, around the eastern suburbs, like It's like amazing, uh, amazing surroundings. Um, so tell me, Brendan, about your journey. So how you come to where you are today?
1: Absolutely. So I have been a uh, career marketer, uh, but I think that has... The, the meaning of marketing, I think, has certainly evolved in my time. Uh, it's been 20 years in the industry now. Uh, I actually did a degree in public relations, but I never worked a day in my life in, in public relations, but certainly used a lot of great public relations firms uh, as part of marketing strategy uh, throughout my career. Uh, as Lubo was kind enough to mention in the intro, I, uh, spent a lot of time, uh, marketing for brands, um, and some of them, uh, international based, and I was the Australian sort of uh, lead for marketing, uh, and then others were Australian owned brands. And, uh, and that was sort of a very different aspect of marketing when, when you are the actual brand owner, um, you know, and getting to develop that differently. So, uh, you know, I've had a, a wealth of experience in product marketing. Uh, and then from there, uh, one of the uh, brands that I was working on, which is uh, the San Francisco-based camera com- camera bag company, Lowepro. Um, this was in 2011. And uh, I think Facebook was sort of just becoming a thing that, me and my friends were mucking around with, uh, and, um, I asked them if, if they would allow me to utilize it for marketing purposes. And to be really honest, I think they don't, I don't think they really knew what it was or what I was asking. And they sort of just said yes. Um, and, uh, and, and it was the perfect, it was a match made in heaven really to, to have our industry photography and then to have this platform of social media being so image driven back then, particularly, you know, before Instagram picked up um it it was yeah it was really a great match and and the audience uh took took to sort of the content that we were doing quite naturally so um that was very successful for us it was a very much cost effective way uh to reach an audience because honestly prior to that it seems hard to remember now but prior to that all of our money was going into big large expensive trade shows to get to audience members or just tens of thousands of dollars on magazine ads and newspaper ads um so you know it was really great to be able to uh, try something different uh, that worked so well for us actually that um that the company sort of expanded my remit and asked me to establish the same sort of presence in social media for the for the rest of asia pacific so I, I got the opportunity to uh, live off of a plane and out of an airport. It feels like uh, visit a lot of countries through Asia and and work with the local teams there and and teaching them about I guess how we can use social media uh, for marketing and all of that experience. I guess led me to to starting my own agency. I figured I could do it for uh, a lot of other companies, um, and that is where my company B Digital Group started out. We started out advising um you know any type of company in any industry on on the right type of um you know sort of how social media can can p- properly impact their business
0: well it's um, quite a journey brendan and uh, you know like uh, some of the brands that you mentioned uh, as well like a uh, uh, skull i know that's like uh, my kids they love those type of headphones definitely and as well like yeah. uh, in terms of like a different like a uh, Barbecue type appliances, like it's uh, really nice uh, as well, uh, um, uh, but were there any challenges when you've been working for uh, big companies and uh, uh, maybe how you have overcome or helped them to to deal with, with those challenges?
1: Yeah, brilliant question. I think what I was mentioning before about social media was really interesting because you 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 mentioned Skullcandy, for instance, and one of the things that they did very successfully in the US was uh, influencer marketing, and now that seems very commonplace. It's it's a term that everybody understands, uh, but certainly back in it was two thousand and eight, um, the idea of uh, you know essentially what we were doing was going to skate parks and, and going to um, the, the snow fields and getting our product into the hands of whoever was you know sort of conjuring up a lot of attention um, at the time and and that was very much a PR exercise back um, before the the sort of growth of social media and, and being able to reach, um, you know, those influences was, uh, a lot more manual. Um, and so, you know, I think it, but what I think it proves is that the human element or the human concept of the fact that we still just want to connect with people who are doing interesting things or creating interesting content, um, you know, that hasn't changed just the platform for it has changed, I guess, um, in terms of the challenges of, of working big corporate, um certainly uh, working for international brands was always very interesting um my two of without planning it two of my longest stints were working with japanese-based companies Um, so i worked for for the casio brand for a very very long time probably almost everybody, every listener's first watch was probably a Casio. So you'd be familiar with the brand for that. Uh, And then if you grew up in Australia, you almost exclusively use the Casio calculator would be my guess. So everybody will know the brand, Uh, but dealing with the Japanese uh, was a a unique sort of cultural experience. Um, Definitely quite limiting, but the, the one thing, As a pro and a con, I would say, um, having dealt with two Japanese manufacturers, uh, is that they are incredibly product-led. And I think that is a good and a bad thing. Um, Being product-led, they were always innovating and always designing the absolute greatest product that we could possibly get to market. And I think that's a good thing. The bad thing is, is they just would never think about the messaging of why their product was actually good. So they would make a great product and do a poor job of explaining why it was great. Um, and so that was, that was the fine line. We had to walk, uh, as the marketing team in, in a non-Japanese, um, culture, essentially, I think in, in Japan itself, um, it, it was, it was understood. And the audience were looking for a very technical relationship with their products. Uh, Whereas in the Western world, much more people were just looking, it was the whole feature and benefit thing that we talk about in marketing, um, where, you know, people were doing their research in Japan and they were picking what they wanted based on the feature set of products. Whereas in um, in a Western world like Australia, people are sort of just going, tell me what this does for my life and don't tell me too much because I'll get confused and I'll pick a product based on that. So it was this really interesting push and pull that we had to to sort out, um, you know, representing a Japanese brand uh, in, in Australia.
0: Yeah, look, I definitely agree with you. I mean. Uh, a lot of Japanese companies are very innovative as well, and a lot of like uh, improvements uh, and optimizations are coming from them uh, in like you know agile operations and we use like a kaizen methodology, uh, you know, mm-hmm. for methodologies, so a lot of like uh, uh, lean uh, methodologies. Um, so yeah, definitely understand what they're doing and uh, as well like what you have recommended because you know like sometimes a surplus of information can just like go there clients away, uh, but, but you've been working for big clients and then, you know, like you're traveling all around the world and all around Asia, so then you decided to launch your own company, so what was the trigger for this, why you're doing what you're doing?
1: W- wonderful question, it's funny, I, as a as a person, my background i'm I'm very proudly sort of from immigrant parents who moved to Australia with with very little uh, and and really built themselves up and I think their attitude was you know they've built a, a great opportunity for me um and what they understood was a very safe opportunity for me so they loved that i was working big corporate because it's you know it's very safe you can work your way up the ladder there's always opportunity for growth um and uh and it's safe you know it's a paycheck somebody else is 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 wearing the risk um so it was very different for me to think about going out on my own um and it was two reasons that i made the leap um one was the more senior I got, the more involved I got with the business side of business rather than just the marketing. Meaning I all of a sudden was starting to get a lot more exposure and, and control over things like cash flow, P&Ls, and revenue planning. Uh, things that I definitely didn't understand early in my marketing career. And um, you know, I think as those extra responsibilities came, also came this... Um, tension i guess of control um and i you know i always had i was very fortunate to have fantastic leaders uh throughout my career um but sometimes you just i guess you just want to be able to make a decision um whether it's right or wrong and and control that decision and uh and so i think i i I just wanted that opportunity which is why i I branched one reason i branched out on my own Um, the second was because honestly just because the opportunity was there I wouldn't say I planned it, and I wouldn't say I, you know, was thinking about it for years and years, or had a five-year plan or anything like that. I just had an opportunity where, uh, quite frankly, three three people wanted to um, work for me all at the same time, and uh, and the solution was for me to to be a contractor to all three. So, um, a, a little bit sort of um, serendipitous, I guess. I just sort of uh, found my way into it, uh, but I, but really, really glad that I did because it scratched that first itch that I spoke about of of, uh, being in control of my destiny a bit more
0: well I mean it's quite interesting you know like uh, so I'm probably like your parents so I'm the first uh, wave of uh, in my family that we have immigrated into Australia and of course like uh, for my kids um, I we are trying to build a safe uh, at least from the political uh, it's a safe place for to live but again we would love them to succeed uh, but mm. I think in, it's, a, it's a really a good chance when uh, when you're able to do something for yourself and this is why like, I'm giving to my kids so they they need to decide about their destiny the same as uh, you have chosen your uh, destiny and your way um, so uh, tell me a bit more about So who is your today's client so who you are helping and how you are helping them today
1: yeah absolutely so um, I, I don't I don't want to say that we can help anybody because, you know, that's really broad, but where we are able to really specialize is for any client. um, I'll say professional services as a loose overarching thing. And, but I'll explain why, Um, Where we're able to really come to the fore and what my team does best is if a subject matter for a client is a little bit, maybe complicated or needs multiple touch points to be understood that's where we can really help them benefit. Um, so to examples of clients, we've worked with large med tech companies. And for instance, their goal is to, A, they need to help um, people using the equipment like nurses and doctors understand what they do. But then they also need to talk to the admin staff because they're the ones who are going to sign off and pay for bills and things like that. So we need to come up with a marketing strategy that is um, going to educate different cons- consumer. Personalities, I guess, or, or personas, um, and and the messaging that we're saying to those different people uh, needs to be really personalised to to that exact persona. Meaning, the doctor doesn't really need to know about the costs about it because they're not really signing off on it, and vice versa, the the people signing off on the cost don't uh, you know want to hear about uh, as much the, the technical benefit of it all. Um, so you know that's one area where we really come to the fore and similarly another example we're working a lot with people in property development at the moment Um, again what they do is actually a lot more complex than I ever assumed before I started working for, for anybody in that industry. I think, uh, I don't know if this is the same for other lay people, but I sort of just think, Oh, property developer, that just means somebody has a bit of land and they're just cutting up the land into smaller bits and somebody else builds a house on it. Um, but there's, you know, there's so much more to it in terms of building a community in the area. And most importantly, we're helping them with is to help them understand, well, who is the right person to live in that community that you're building? Um, don't just try to, you know, if you're trying to build a community that um, that attracts young professionals, then it's obviously very different to trying to build a community that's going to attract, um, you know, sort of downsizers and empty nesters. Um, and, and trying to get your marketing messaging um, pinpoint for, for those different audiences is, is something that we um, really excel in.
0: Well, um, interesting. Like I never thought that such kind of like a property marketing in property is uh, so difficult. Uh, uh, never knew about such kind of like details. Uh, so, uh, how exactly or, or probably like a, what your clients are achieving with your help or with your advice?
1: Hmm. Mm um the the biggest thing that we deliver to our clients is uh, a more cost effective and um approach to their conversion essentially so thinking about the the property example um the, Obviously, I think the approach that a property developer or a real estate agent would take is they have something to sell and they're looking to talk to, let's say, 50 people and hopefully one of them will will buy what they're looking to sell right now. What we're trying to tell them is let's flip that on its head and say, if you've just spoken to 50 people, all 50 of them need to buy something at some point. that one of them might buy something that you have available now, but the other 49 should buy something from you at some point as well if you're doing your job right. Um and so that is where you know we are able to to offer that help. So the, the advice that we're looking at is saying don't throw away those other 49 people. Let's cultivate those forty-nine. Let's find out more about them. Let's find out what their pain points are. Let's find out what they're looking for, um, and and let's keep that information at your fingertips so that you can connect the right people in the long run.
0: Okay, well, quite interesting. Uh, um, talking about the strategy, so uh, is something specific for twenty twenty four, or what kind of like uh, uh, innovating marketing activities that you? Um, you have or you are, this is not a secret, but what you are are offering or recommending to your client.
1: Yeah, um, so there's two real big things that we're um, pushing into into 2024 that we saw have a lot of success at the back end of 2023. Um, one is we talk about lead magnets all the time. You know, I think um, we probably alluded to this earlier, but the the there's so much more information on the internet now, and um, so that almost makes choice more difficult. Um, but it also makes marketing a lot more difficult because, you know, there's a million things vying for your attention um, and you've people are almost scared to sort of fill out a form now because you're worried about all the spam that might come your way or, um, you know, or where your information is going. So I say to my clients all the time that. The reality is, is if you want somebody to give you their contact details, then you need to actually give them a very good reason and you need to deliver something of value. And so that's what we talk about with a lead magnet. So I'm always challenging um, all of our clients to say, look, at the end of the day, you know your industry very, very well. And there's probably a million things you've forgotten that are important that the other, that your prospect doesn't even know to start with. So how do we get that out of your head? Turn that into some sort of valuable content, and then um, give that as something in return for a prospect leaving their contact details with you. So that can be in the form of an ebook, it can be in the form of a of a video or a podcast like this. Um, you know, we're really really big on that, and that's that's the really the start of the process. If you can't even get some um, somebody to to offer you their contact details, it it means your marketing journey sort of stopped right there already. Um, and then the, the next thing that we're pushing is, I guess, what happens next after that? Great. You've got somebody's contact details, but what do you do with that? Um, and so for us, we're always talking about, uh, nurture funnels. That's the other big thing for 2024. I think in the past, some of the, um, the be all and end all software around, uh, sorry to explain it uh, uh, Nurture funnel is essentially just how all the different elements of contact that you want to make with a customer between them finding out about you for the first time and them actually purchasing your product and or service at the end of it. Um, I, I think it's it's naive to think that that journey is very short. It's naive to think somebody's going to see you the first time and then immediately say yes, great, I want this service. They're absolutely in this day and age going to go and do some research, look at your competitors, contrast, compare, all that sort of consideration phase. And so with a nurse. Funnel. The idea is to keep in contact with them throughout their journey and make sure that you're still uh, showing that value by the end when they're ready to make a purchase decision. Um, now, in the past, the, the software to do that was quite expensive. So it would be the large corporates that were using it. And so you, you hear about things like Salesforce and some of their workflows. Um, You know there were companies doing it for the last decade already but now there's a whole stack of software out there that um that you can utilize to do exactly the same thing and it just costs a fraction of the price so i do think it's something that is available to practically anybody um and the key stat that i love to float around is is in in one of the most recent marketing studies um 80 of leads fail due to lack of nurturing so you Know just doing the math backwards, you know, whatever leads you've got, if you want four times more conversion, think about a nurture funnel.
0: Well, um, so well, said. so. I will come to this a bit later, but uh, talking about lead magnets and funnels, I need to thank to our sponsors. Um, so Remo staff is our sponsors, and then Remo staff brings money. So, let me, I'll do it once again, no worries. Like, my, my VA will do the editing. Um, so thanks for our st- Sponsors, Remo staff bring time, money, and freedom to business entrepreneurs via outsourcing. And with Remo staff, you will get not a virtual, but a real offshore expert dedicated only to you that will support your business. Hire an offshore expert with Remo staff and go on a free four-day holiday. Smurfy Creating Video is a boutique video content creation agency with a mission to help brands engage and connect with their customers through effective and tailored video marketing solutions, send better scope in a text message to zero four two five double eight double four six four, and you'll get a twenty-five percent discount on your video production in January. So, coming back to your uh, topics about nurturing and funnels, uh, I know that mm-hmm. uh, you know, like uh, acquiring the cost of acquisition of a new client is much higher than. Uh, uh, keeping an existing client um when you are developing your strategy and i understand about nurturing the new one but are you doing anything for your clients for keeping the existing clients
1: yeah absolutely uh, in particular any of our e-commerce customers it's a it's a huge focus for us um to make sure that they understand their customer base a in a snapshot so that they can make proper decisions. And um, what I mean by that is is know how many of your customer base are, you know, one-time orderers, two-time orderers, or whatever it is, understand that customer lifetime value of the audience that you've already got. Um, The irony is, is that people are always searching for more sales or more customers, but uh, most of the businesses that we end up working with, uh, the first thing I tell them is you don't need more customers. You've got more than enough. Let's get something out of the ones that you've already got. Um, You know, you did the hard work. They made a decision to try you once um, and provided that your service is good. And I'd like to think all of our clients provide a a good product and or service. um, Then it should be very easy to to have them repeat because you're not uh, trying to convince them you're really just reminding them.
0: Well, yeah, look, um, I agree with you that you can um, not to sell, but actually you can offer more probably more services to to your existing clients and help them increase their business. Um, like about your strategy uh, in in marketing, do you have mm. some kind of like a as steps or or what is your process when you start working with the client
1: yeah, great question. I think strategy is a it's a, a, I love that that's in the title here. I think it's one of the most misused and misunderstood terms in in all of business. Um, I hear it sort of uh thrown around a lot just for lack of not knowing what to call something um but but for our perspective, strategy means um, three things: strategy means understanding the customer, meaning I want to always develop an ex- a, a real clear persona of who we're trying to talk to. So any business obviously can, can apply to a multitude of different customers, but for a lot of the time, there is going to be a very finite amount of types of customers that um that your your product and or service will suit like a great example i was actually just talking to somebody at dan murphy's everybody knows dan murphy's i'm pretty sure after covid everybody definitely knows dan murphy's um but you know imagine the millions of people and types of people that that go through there every day um but at the end of the day they actually have a very tight customer persona type you know, they they focus on things like tradies, they focus on um, young first-time drinkers and wanting premix and things like that. Um, so, you know, they're not trying to have a million different messages for a million different customers. They're really just having this tight sort of three messages that are probably going to suit. of their audience. So that's number one for our strategies, always have to understand the customer first. And the reason you have to do that first is because the next thing then comes, your strategy becomes content, which is what are we saying or what are we offering? Um, And if you don't know who you're talking to, first, then, you know, your, what your messaging is, is not going to hit the mark because it's generally going to be way too vague or too broad. Um, and most importantly, kind of alluding to this before, you know, when you mentioned upselling, I don't even like to think of, of nurturing as selling. It's more just connecting the dots of saying, well, this is a a problem you're having, and this is a solution. So, you know, even a great example is sort of just Hey, it's your, if you happen to have information about your customer's wife's birthday, and then you have a gift that suits it, you're just connecting dots. You're not really trying to sell them anything. Um, And so that all comes down to, again, if you know the customer and uh, the information you have about them, then your content needs to uh, be appropriate. Uh, And then lastly, it's just understanding your competition that's a huge part of strategy that I think people ignore. Um, So whether it's, and when we talk about digital, there's so many different channels that you can play in and people get, I think, really confused or or just, they get overwhelmed by how many different things there are in terms of, you know, people talk about SEO, they talk about Google AdWords or Facebook ads, or, you know, you hear all sorts of different ways that you can do digital marketing. Um, But at the end of the day, what's actually really most important to know in all of that is that there is a competition set out there doing the same thing as you. So it's important to know what they're doing, what they're offering so that you can be unique. I think um, that's something that people neglect too
0: much. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, yes, it's it very interesting. And uh, thank you for uh, looking, sort of, like providing details of the strategy. Uh, so how long usually is taking your journey with a client or, Um, or how fast you can, can do some changes and make someone better uh, in their marketplace.
1: Yeah. Great, great question. I love that. Um, we actually have a a policy. We've had a, a lot of instances where clients come to us with a very large scope. They, they have a brief and they say, these are all the things that we want to do. Um, and consistently we've had the approach of saying, we just want to do one thing really, really well first to show you a, how we work and build that, that working relationship, but also B, we just want to prove it first. We want to show you that when we say that we're focused on your return on investment, that I'm not just saying a buzzword. I'm not just saying ROI for the sake of it. I'm actually saying that let's plan how to make your business more revenue or more money or whatever it is. Um, And once you can see that we know how to do that, then we can start tackling all of the other things in your project. Um, So in terms of how quickly, uh, you know, some of our projects can wrap up in in as quick as a week. It really just depends on what the client has available to their hands um, or how quickly they make decisions. Um so the variables in terms of what slow down a you know, a delivery or an implementation, it's generally not on our side anyway, let's put it that way.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Thank you. It's like a good detail. Um uh, Brendan, um I'm I, I just think like, would love as well to know what is your personal goal for twenty twenty four or what is your scope, a longer term scope. You know, like so we have like in, in our podcast where we have a microscope, we have a telescope. So we're discussing like yeah. a smaller thing, but what is your ultimate better scope for you? Yeah, wow. Um
1: definitely I can tell you what my long term scope is. And um I am I'd be curious to see what everyone's comments are back to this, but I'm actually a real strong believer in the more personalized marketing can get and the more data that we can give, um, then the better experience everybody will have in, in that sort of being advertised to space. Um, so what my, um, long term goal is is to have as help as many businesses as we can to understand how to stop doing boring generic marketing and help them connect the dots that we were talking about so how do we help businesses understand that you can be very very finite about the person that you're targeting um, and you can you can find out a lot of information about somebody to to help them solve whatever problem that you can potentially help them solve so that's definitely long term 2024 um Actually, I mean, this is in line with your sponsor here, Ruma, but but uh, Luba. But my my goal is to is to grow our team a little bit. I I really enjoy um, having conversations that can educate potential new clients on on all of these things. Like, You might be able to tell I enjoy talking about this sort of stuff, Um, but I probably spend more of my time implementing campaigns than doing the strategy stuff that I enjoy doing. So, um, yeah, I would love to, A, uh, grow the team a little bit, but that obviously comes off of the back of picking up a few uh, more clients. So that would be the 2024 goal.
0: Well, uh, Brandon, you always know if you need to grow your team and if you're looking for a cost-effective solution, you know where to come. Star, Absolutely. Um, and uh, look, definitely, I don't like the boring uh, marketing. So, like, it's your, like I love uh, to make this difference for uh, for again, like a have like a nice and interesting marketing campaigns for smaller medium sized businesses. Um, what I'm also uh, love to ask my my uh, guest is, what do you feel or what do you think about the climate change? Uh, planet and uh, what we can do better in this area Mm. um so i'm very
1: pragmatic as a person um i do believe climate change is an issue um but i also believe that money talks uh and so i think any solutions that have been brought to any industry that require some sort of um, significant premium in costs to, to sort of combat climate change, uh, we're always doomed to fail. Um, so actually to to tie this into marketing, I actually think a lot of businesses have a, a, a great ability to not have to charge a premium to help, um, sort of solve that climate change issue. Um, but it is about, Connecting dots, as I was saying, um, and so one of the other elements is is also just trying to find the right customer who um, believes in that uh, premium, I guess, um, because you know trying to hit somebody over the head with it who doesn't care, you're you're sort of never going to get anywhere. And honestly, even if it was free, they'd probably still say no. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm certainly a firm believer that there are a lot of great businesses out there doing great things in in that space. Um, and so for us, we're supporting a lot of clients and, um, who, who have, um, you know, really strong corporate social responsibility policies as well, which are largely based around climate. Um, and yeah, we, we definitely want to help businesses explain that better or the, or the value in it, the real pragmatic value in it.
0: Yeah, look, um, like 100% agree with you and, you know, connecting dots and, uh... Uh, even, like, a small step, like, for example, in our company, uh, we, are, we have decided so we don't have a printer, so we're not printing anything, so we're not uh, so trying to utilize uh, just digital uh, information. Uh, so we are planting trees, by the way, for uh, for every agent that we are hiring, so we're planting, like, a 10 trees in whatever in the Philippines. Excellent. Yes, so as well. Uh, so it's, uh, again, like, a connecting dots and having, like, a small step, so this is uh, uh, really great um do i understand correctly that you are helping uh like doing like some kind of like a, for a charity you're helping uh, um some marketing support providing for a kid in yeah yeah absolutely
1: yeah yeah you're right you've done a bit of research thank you livo uh yeah no it's a it's a it's, it's a passion of mine um i mean i've always said if i won the lotto i wouldn't stop doing marketing i'd just do it for free i'd probably try to help as many charities as i could um because i think um the there's been a we spoke about the rise, I guess, of, of micro businesses, thanks to digital. But uh, I think there's been a rise in micro causes and micro charities as well, which I think is fantastic. Um, you know, when I was growing up, you could probably count on your hands the amount of charities that you were aware of, because it was just the big ones, they were the only ones that could survive. Um, and that they were the only ones that could actually reach anybody in terms of um, their, their messaging and their, and their ad- advertising. But now there are so many real niche, small charities out there. And this is one that I support one called Kids West uh, and Kids West is raising money to put uh, equipment into hospitals in Western Sydney for um, for all of the sort of children's departments um, because some of this equipment can be very costly and you know a lot of the time the the departments don't have the budget for it unfortunately so. Um, and sometimes that equipment doesn't have to be purely about medical and the the health improvements. Sometimes that equipment can be can be play equipment and things for the kids while during their stay um, in hospital as well, just to improve uh, you know the the quality of their stay and the quality of their
0: care. Well, um, well, thank you, thank you for sharing this, uh, Brendan. And uh, I love that you are having your better stroke as well in helping some uh, others uh, and. Uh, uh, are there? Do you have any tips that you would like to share or to give to someone that could find their better call?
1: Hmm. Absolutely. Um, tip number one. I say this to all of my customers. Um, if you do not have a very clear strategy, stop spending any money. Um, I, we meet too many people who come to us and say, "Oh, we just tried doing you know three thousand dollars in Google Ads and it did nothing." And I was like, "Well, if you didn't know what you were trying to get, then." You got exactly what you were going to get. You got nothing. Um, So tip number one, strategy is the most key. And strategy doesn't have to be big and scary. Like I said, it's those three Cs. Just understand your customer, understand the content that's going to suit that customer, and just understand your competitors just to make sure that you are being unique and different. Um, So that's tip number one. Um, Tip number two, almost every piece of technology can and should speak to each other. So, um, don't run any of your campaigns in, in a silo or in isolation. If you are doing Google ads, have a think about how that can connect into your social media ad campaign. Um, and so that the two things are making each other stronger or giving each other information to, to, um, evolve from. Um, and then lastly is, uh, make sure that you understand clearly your, um, your, ideal return on investment and build everything backwards from that um so i think too many times people think uh you know my goal is to get someone to my website and then job done they'll they'll eventually find their way to becoming a customer it's like no well you know your website probably offers three or four different things um so you need to be a lot clearer about what you want um the the prospect to do when they get there So those are probably my three tips that are easy and everyone can do. They don't need a a consultant or anyone to tell them. Any business can have a think about those.
0: Well, thank you for sharing those tips, Brandon. Uh, Where could BetterScope listeners find more about you and how they could connect with you or get in touch with you?
1: yeah absolutely um, you can definitely find me on LinkedIn I'm going to have a black and white profile picture and I don't think there's there's too many of me out there so uh, love connecting with people on LinkedIn Brendan Lee uh, but definitely our, our company website bdigitalgroup.com we offer uh, quite a few resources uh, on the website as well and we spoke about lead magnets before so I'm doing the same thing I'm trying to offer things of value to people interested in improving their marketing um, so if you wanted to for instance venture Mark your existing um, conversion rates on different channels or within different industries. We've got some information about that. Um, if you just wanted to understand marketing strategy, we've got a big, long, I think 20 plus page ebook about that if you needed some reading over the holiday break. Um, and then also, you know, we've got some information uh, about how our uh, campaign approach is ROI focused. Like I said, we've got some um, information about how we can improve uh, any campaign using what we call our profit pyramid. So, lots of information there. That's bdigitalgroup.com.
0: Thank you very much, Brendan, for being with us and sharing your experience and your better scope. We will definitely add those links to your material so our listeners can find more about you. Excellent. Uh, thank you for joining us at Better Scope. If you like this content, be sure to like it. Share it and subscribe, and see you next time on Better Talk.